Welcome to the GBC Sermon Podcast, a weekly podcast from Gaimia Baptist Church in Sydney, Australia. I'm Mark Rader, Senior Pastor here at GBC, and I'm so glad that you've chosen to listen in. This week we continue our new series entitled The Church Reimagined, in which I want to explore where I believe God is inviting us to reflect on what it means to be the community of faith. In this message, I reflect on Paul's use of the household of God to describe the community of faith and its implications for us. Today's Bible reading is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Well, today we continue our series that I've entitled The Church Reimagined, an opportunity for us to reconsider uh, who we are as a community of faith and what it is that God is inviting us into. Uh, The restrictions that we find ourselves in during COVID have uh, produced some obstacles for us as a community of faith, but also provide us with uh, what I certainly hope is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity uh, to reconsider some of what we do and how we talk about ourselves, what we do and and why. Uh, So a couple weeks ago, I opened this series by reflecting on Acts chapter 8 and just pointed out or reminded us that uh, when the church was scattered in the early chapters of Acts, It did not mark the end. In fact, it marked the beginning of something new. The opportunity for every single follower of Jesus to take responsibility and leadership in the mission that Jesus had given uh, and to take that everywhere they went. And the church grew exponentially because they were scattered. A reminder that while we may not be able to gather together, it is not necessarily the end of the world. In fact, there's an opportunity for the gospel right now. Then last week I reflected a little bit on the importance of keeping Jesus and following him at the very center of who we are and how easy it is for us to subtly displace that, perhaps with uh, very good things such as gathering together as the community of faith and making that the most important thing. And I think during COVID we can uh, want to get back to that. We can get back to meeting together. We can want to get back to our ministries, get back to normal. And suddenly those things subtly displace the importance of simply following after Jesus. So discipleship becomes a really important part of uh, who we are and what it means for us to belong. And and today, and then again next week, I want to reflect on two sides of one coin. Uh, Two other aspects that I think are quite important for us to rethink and reimagine in this time in particular. And that has to do with how we describe ourselves and the implications of those descriptions. Now, for a long time, uh, Gaimia Baptist Church has been what you could call a large church. And if you've been around for the last five or six years, you may have heard me talk about the importance of recognizing the size of our organization. For those of you who are involved in business, you know the importance of this. Uh, A small family-run business has to function differently than a multinational company with tens of thousands of employees. Uh, and, And that organizational principle functions as well with communities of faith. 
And so the implications for us about how we organize ourselves and the sorts of things we do have implications for um, our staffing and our key volunteer positions. It has implications for governance and for how we do strategy, for how people find their way into our community of faith and a host of other things. But as a descriptor, While it's helpful from the perspective of how we might organize ourselves, it's not actually very helpful. And the Bible actually doesn't talk much about, you know, the family-sized church at Ephesus or the pastoral-sized church in Colossae or the large church in Thessalonica. The Bible uses completely different imagery. And some of that imagery can be really helpful for us to reflect on what it means for us to be the community of faith, regardless of our size. I think it's an opportunity for us to to reconsider this and to reimagine how we describe ourselves because of what happened when the restrictions were placed upon us. Because when that happened, regardless of what size church you were a part of, whether it was a small church or a mega church, they were all basically cut down to the same size. An individual, a couple, a family meeting in their home, zooming in or watching some sort of pre-recorded service, that became the new normal church. And so the, the question of how we describe ourselves, I think is quite important. Now, there are lots and lots of images that the Bible uses to describe the people of God. But I want to focus on one that is perhaps one of the most significant images that the Apostle Paul uses in his writings. And that is the idea that the community of faith is the household of God. Now, the household of God uh, is used by Paul uh, for a couple of reasons, according to New Testament scholars. On the one hand, they, uh, they believe that he used the term for the very simple reason that all the churches that he was writing to and all the churches that he founded and all the churches that he would have visited would have been house churches. Uh, there, there were no buildings. Uh, the early church didn't rent the local hall or go to the local school and plant a church. They met in homes. And we see this in lots and lots of places in the New Testament. We find it in Paul's uh, greetings when he talks about greeting a certain person and the believers who meet in their household. Or we find it when uh, Peter is remarkably and, and miraculously released from prison and goes to Mary's house where the believers have gathered. Or when Paul preaches in Ephesus and goes into the upper room of a house. This was the only church that Paul would have been familiar with. They only ever met in houses. Which of course means that they would have been quite small. I remember going to Pompeii uh, when Nicole and I uh, did a little bit of traveling before we moved to Australia and being struck as you kind of wander through these, these ancient ruins at just how small even the large houses were. Uh, and the, 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 the believers who would have gathered wouldn't have been in the hundreds. Uh, they would have been in the, maybe in the dozens. And so Paul was writing to house churches. But New Testament scholars are also in agreement that that is not the most important reason that Paul uses the language of household. Because the household was actually the basic unit in Greco-Roman society. The individual was important, uh, but it was ultimately the household that was at the very center. Uh, For us, uh, families are important, but it is the individual that is the basic unit of our society. Uh, it's It's our vote, for instance, and it's our individual rights that are quite significant. But in the Greco-Roman world, the household was this basic unit. 
Uh, and ethicists and philosophers believe that the stability uh, and well-functioning of the society as a whole depended upon the prosperity and stability and order in the household. And household language, uh, and the Greek term is okios, is found in all sorts of, I guess, unexpected places for us. So, for instance, the emperor took the title as the father of the empire, the father of the nation. Not as we would refer to it, as a founding father who lived a long time ago and founded what we do, but as the one who was overseeing the household of society. A number of um, terms, such as uh, the administrators, uh, stewards, um, the chief financial officers, all had this idea of okios at their heart. In fact, in the passage that was read for us from Ephesians chapter 2, there are six different terms that use the okios root within them. So in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, is the first of them, paraokios, which means alongside of the household. You are part of us, but you're not part of the household. You're only alongside of us. He says, but you have also become fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, where built is the, the, the term that has okios in it. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. All six of those terms contain this household language. And yes, Paul is using a couple of verbs and he does make reference metaphorically to physical buildings. But it just goes to show how significant this idea of the household was. The household was where you, uh, where you found identity, uh, where you had your sense of belonging, where there was security, and, and where you also needed to uh, take responsibility and, and take up mutual obligations. And I'll talk more about that part of it next week. And the household was a little bit broader than the family. Uh, it didn't just include mom and dad and the kids. So let me give you an example. We don't use the language of household in quite that same way, but let me give you an example of those who might be in my household. So Nicole and I have three daughters, uh, and my two eldest daughters have boyfriends. Uh, and while they're not part of the family, they are part of the household. They are regularly members around our table. Uh, they uh, are involved in some of the, the chores around the house and help out in a variety of different ways. Not family, but certainly part of the household. Um, along with uh, most people in Sydney, if, it's, if uh, the number of people at Bunnings is anything to judge by, uh, we were amongst many who decided that this was a good time to do some renovations. And so for a period of about eight weeks, I think members of our household also included the tradespeople. I mean, they just let themselves in early in the morning. Uh, they used the facilities. We would make them a cup of coffee. They'd use our sandwich press. Like, it was just, they were all part of our family. First name basis, conversations about how they were going, about the weekend, household, but not family. And so Paul uses this, this, this imagery to describe the community of faith. Not only because they were households uh, in the sense of the, the homes they met in, but because as far as Paul was concerned, the ideas behind the mutual obligations and responsibilities and the sense of security and belonging and identity were meant to be found in that group of followers of Jesus. 
I mean, in Ephesians, it's an unexpected household because it contains Jews and Gentiles. But nonetheless, this new household uh, is where people are to find their sense of belonging and to find their place in God's mission. And it's ultimately this piece that I think is so important for us. In terms of the kind of the so what, you know, as I said next week, I want to talk a little bit more about a particular feature of um, the responsibilities that we have, about the obligations that we have, and how a household actually shapes those in, in, in particular and unique ways. But I think the big question for us is, ultimately, how do we, and, and let me personalize it, how do you find your place in God's mission here at Gamia Baptist Church? I mean, we are currently experiencing a a bit of a a dilemma because we're not gathering together, and that's one of the ways that we found our place. But even when we gathered together uh, as a whole community of faith, we were large enough that it can be difficult to find your place. You you enter into a large group of people, and it seems that everyone kind of knows what's going on. You might look around for things that need to be done, but it seems that everyone is doing things, that all the things that need to be done are being done, that there are lots of people with more significant skills or experience or whatever it might be than you, and finding your place can be hard. But finding your place in the mission of God is critical to our discipleship. I mean, even even this passage that Paul writes to the Ephesians. You know, he talks about this unexpected household of Jews and Gentiles being gathered together, joined together by the power of the Holy Spirit based on the work of Jesus Christ in order that they might be built into the temple of God, the dwelling of God. And that language is not just about a building. It's about mission. Because the temple was more than just a building. It was the place on earth where humanity could meet with God. It was the place where people could learn about and and be taught about the ways of God. And in passages such as Ezekiel, which is a language picked up in the Gospel of John and again in Revelation, the temple was also the source of life and of blessing to the whole world. Ezekiel's vision of a renewed temple is where there's a river of life that flows from the temple and everywhere it goes, it renews and restores. This is the temple imagery. And Paul says it's not the temple, it is actually the household of God. Those who are gathered together, who have found their place in God's mission, who are those who help people connect with God who are those who teach people about what it looks like to live in relationship with God, who are an example of the blessing that God intends for the entire world as he seeks to renew and restore all things in Christ Jesus. We need to find our place in God's mission. And for us as a community of faith, we're just, we're just a little bit big to make that real easy. So one of the questions that I want to leave you with, one of the questions that I want to get you thinking about is whose household are you in? I mean, yes, we are all in the household of God, kind of big picture-wise, but whose household are you a part of? More than just your family, more than just your, your close friends, who's, who's that group? A group of people that you um, can find your sense of belonging and identity and security. That group of people in which you can begin to try to participate with what God's doing where you can lean into the gifts that God has given you, the skills that he's given you to to, to join in with that mission. And I think this is a really critical question for us. 
If you're part of our mid-year meeting last week uh, by Zoom, which was another first for us in COVID, um, I talked a little bit about the importance of life groups, particularly in this time when we are scattered. If we can't gather together, we need to find ways for uh, us to connect and to be focused on discipleship and to care for one another and to find our place in God's mission. So I really encourage you, if you're in a life group, lean into that life group. Don't, don't miss it. Make it a, a real priority every single week. And for those of you who aren't in a group, I, I encourage you to work with us to, to help you find one or help you form one. Or uh, if, you're, if you've got some experience in leading a life group, we'd love to talk to you if you're interested in finding out more. Because life groups can form for us part of our household, a, a smaller group where we can um, try things out, where we can participate in the mission of God together. Uh, and when we can connect a few of those life groups together to create some connect groups, it will help us to form some households, some individual groups of people where everyone has found their place in the mission of God. And just think, just think about the impact that that would have on our community of faith if every single person Everyone who is part of our community of faith, everyone who is following Jesus, is not just following Jesus, but has found their place in the mission. Think about the impact that we could have as a community of faith if we all found our place. And the shift is beyond just getting into life groups. It means that when we are eventually able to gather together again on a Sunday... We gather together not just as a large organization. We gather together not just as a, a, a community of faith. We gather together as a gathering of households where every single person comes knowing that they have been participating in the things of God. We can inspire one another and encourage one another as we celebrate where we've seen God at work. We can be equipped and prepared for the week to come. We'll be able to because we know people, because we feel like we belong, we'll be more open and welcoming because we already know where we belong and we can welcome people into our households. That gathering will, I think, fundamentally or could fundamentally change who we are and how we describe ourselves as a community of faith. I think this image is incredibly important uh, and, and, you know, while the organizational language of church size is, is important, too, for a different reason, this, this is the way I think we need to be describing ourselves. A Gaimea Baptist Church is not, first and foremost, a, a large church, or I suppose even not really a Baptist church. But we are a community of faith made up of a group of households where every person belongs where every person uh, has found their place in the mission of God. We are family. We are God's household. And that means something. Imagine if every follower of Jesus found their place in God's mission. If every follower knew where they fit. If every disciple knew they belonged, felt connected, and encouraged to respond to the invitation of the Spirit. I think it would be a game changer, not only for us in COVID times, but when we gather together again. So let me encourage you to find your household, make it an object of prayer, join a life group, find where you fit and join in with God's mission as we rise together to become a holy temple in the Lord.
We hope that you join us again soon, and we'd love for you to join us for church at gbconline.org.au at our regular service times of 8.30, 10.30, and 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. You can also follow us on Facebook or visit our website at gamiabaptist.org.au. Until next time, God bless. God bless.